We've been talking about the church over these past few weeks. If uh, you've caught on, it is an important topic. It's one that is greatly misunderstood, but one that we must talk about constantly because God is at work through His church. Scripture pictures the church using several different illustrations. Sometimes it appears that Jesus refers to the church as a building, and by that I mean a a building of God, how it must be on a firm foundation. And that's a good way to look at one's church. Jesus also pictures the church as being his bride. It's the wedding illustration where the bride comes forward and is joined together with the groom, Jesus. Paul the Apostle uses an illustration in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that I think is, well, it's a miracle. Not, not that he thought of it because he didn't, but as God led him, he came up with a, a an illustration or a metaphor, a figure of speech, whatever you want to call it, that I think does justice to what the church really is. And it is his discussion of the church as a body, a living flesh and blood body, a person, if you will. Now, with all figures of speech, you remember you've got to you got to back away from it and not press it to its extreme, or most illustrations usually break down when you get to that point. But to think of the church as a body gives us quite a few things to think about. By the way, the I will commitment we're looking at making today in our readings from this past week has been, I will not play church If you've been keeping up with the readings in the little companion book called I Will by Tom Rayner, who consults with churches all over the United States, actually. It's that little thin book that we made available several weeks ago. He doesn't call this chapter, he doesn't refer to talking about playing church. He talks about I will not be one who practices churchianity, he calls it. Christianity versus churchianity. That has a good ring to it. But I focused, I want to focus this morning on the fact that I don't want, you should not want, none of us should want to play church. And by that I mean not take church seriously or to be in such a position to where when it comes to church, we're just playing a game, if you will. Paul talks about that body of Christ, if you will, the church as it is pictured as a body in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's read verses 14 through 20. God's word says this, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the 
sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now they are many members, but one body. Okay, if you notice a pattern here, focus on the word member. It occurs one, two, three, four times. One, two, three, four times in this passage. And when I think of members, I think of members the way we talk about church members today. That if you're a member, then you are a card carrying, your name is on the roll, you have the rights and the privileges and the responsibilities of joining up, of being a part of God's church. In this case, First Baptist Church of Louisville. Only problem there is I've missed the point. If that's all I make of this word member, then I have taken a word that I read in English, member, and I've transposed it all the way up to my understanding today. That doesn't happen to be the way Paul understood it. It's not what the word means in the original language in the Greek New Testament. That word member literally means part or, get this, a musical note or a melody. So this word member is more about music. It's more about melody musical notation than anything else. So when you read it in that way, as it would have been understood in the first century, for the body is not one note, it's not one melody line, it is not one instrument, it is not one voice. This is where Paul's coming from. Now, he's not saying it's all just about music, but that's his beginning point to help us understand and to see that when we talk about the church being a human body, the different parts, the different members of that body, as Paul jumps from one metaphor to the other, from one point of comparison to another, from one figure of speech to another. He is trying to help us understand how it all comes together. And when it's working properly, the church hums, if you will. The church is singing right on pitch, if you will. Everything is coming together as it ought to come together. So read member the way Paul intended it to be read. Of course, his illustration of the different parts of the body, not members, but the different parts of the body, carries a lot of interesting thoughts as well. It's obvious that not every part of the human body is an ear. It's obvious that not every part of the human body is an eye. And on and on, you understand what he's saying, that we all have a particular place to be, and we all function to make the church work as it ought to work. Notice that verse 18 says, God has placed the members... Now, 
know how to define that now. He has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. Just as he desired. Translated, paraphrased, applied in this way, folks. Church membership is not a random choice, or it shouldn't be. Church membership, church participation, being a part of a local family of faith is not a decision that you make like you would flip a coin. It is certainly not a decision that you would make based upon personal preferences, though that is the reason many people identify with one church and not another. But if you would begin to understand and see the church membership is part of God's will for your life and that he is going to lead you where you need to plug in and where you should belong, then that changes the hunt, the shopping, however you want to put it, for a church. It puts it in an entirely different light, or it certainly should. Church membership church participation, living out one's life of faith through the congregation, through the building of God, through the bride, being part of the bride, being part of the body. It's a God-led decision. There are certain things that are just awkward to talk about, but we need to have those conversations. That's how I want to proceed with the remainder of my time this morning. There's a, a commercial, a series of commercials that are playing right now. They're, they're current. Maybe you've seen them. I want to play just a, a snippet of one for you here for a minute because the whole point in the commercial as far as making money for the product that they're trying to push is they have kind of a little play on words here. They say some people would rather do this than do that, or some people enjoy awkward things, which is the very opposite of what it's really like. And they're trying to say, come and buy our product. Come and and invest in what we have. Take what we offer you, although some people may want to live back in times that are awkward and would rather put up with certain things like this. So let's look at it this way. I would rather do the following than talk about my church and what would some of those rather do things be. Just like some people like banging their head on a low ceiling, drinking spoiled milk, camping in poison ivy, getting a paper cut, and having their arm trapped in a vending machine. I love that commercial. I love it because it's so ridiculous that you would rather do certain things than what? Than what you really should do. Would you rather sleep in poison ivy? Would you rather live your life with a paper cut on your tongue every time you licked an envelope? Would you rather all of those things? They're awkward. Of course, we don't want to live in that reality, but most of us do. So I want to spend the remainder of my time simply talking about those things that we know we really want to ignore, that we really would rather not have to deal with, but yet we must. So let's do a little 
headbanging, if you will. Let's do a little paper cutting, if you will. Let's get our hands stuck in that vending machine, if you will. Let's drink that spoiled milk, if you will. And then let's come to some conclusions that will make sense. A couple years ago, I had a dental problem. I had uh, the need for a root canal, though I didn't know I had the need for a root canal. I just knew that I had a toothache. It was this right here. Lower molar on the back. Now, I remember one night in particular, it was hurting, it was throbbing. I took the Advil, didn't help. I had an appointment with the endodontist. That's the specialty dentist that deals with such things. It was going to be either the next day or sometime soon, but it wasn't soon enough. But I remember distinctly saying, okay, I'm going to get through this night and this root canal or whatever the pain is, I'm not going to let it keep me from going to sleep. I tried to read a book, but every word on the page was root canal, root canal. (laughs) It's all I could think of. I tried to uh, sit up, but every time I sat up, the throbbing got worse. It ended up being that the entire night was miserable. Why? Because the only part of my body that I could think about was right there. It may be awkward to talk about it, but in a church like ours, if we've got a part of our family that's in need of the proverbial root canal, what's going to happen? Sooner or later, it's going to affect everything in the life of the church. That's what Paul's trying to tell us. So how do we avoid these things? How do we, how do we say to ourselves, okay, I'm not going to play church. I'm not going to be doing these things that just go through the motions. How can I be real? How can I be genuine about my part in God's family? Wherever it is that I see myself plugging in here, every part is important. No part is more important than the other. Whether it's seen more than the other or not is not the point. So we know we're playing church when the following happens. When church is a spectator sport. And we've talked about this, and this is kind of a rehash of an earlier chapter in the little I Will book, but it bears repeating that we know we're playing church. The awkward conversation has got to be, even though we don't like it, has got to be that for many people in God's kingdom, in God's family, that for them, church is a spectator event. What do I mean by that? That they just come, they blow in, they sit. Most of the time they sit in a particular place where they're not going to be singled out. They want to blend in with the foliage. They simply want to sit back and watch things happen. And folks, that can't be. 
God's family, God's body will not function as it ought to if the majority of us are simply spectators. Now, the most obvious place where I see spectators is going to be in, you guessed it, in the area of giving, in the area of tithing, in the area of generosity. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, how generosity is not something that comes natural, but generosity is always something that is taught, and generally it's taught by the example of someone you look up to, whether it's your parents, your family that brought you up, learning how to be generous, or later on in life, you plug in to some very, very difficult, but yet beneficial spiritual principles, and you're taught the generosity principle, how it relates to God's work. But I simply don't get it. It's not that I'm frustrated. It's more that I am perplexed, because in 42 years of doing what I do, Every single congregation I've ever been involved with has had a giving problem. Now, I take heart that every single church I've ever been involved with has never missed a payment of any bill whatsoever. So part of me says God will see us through, and he always does. But the other part of me says Why do we have to play the same record over and over again when it comes to the matter of giving, of tithing, of supporting God's work? This is one of those I would rather have a paper cut than talk about it. It's one of those I would gladly sleep in poison ivy, maybe, than to have to talk about this over and over again. Because I am accused, rightfully so, of overextending the discussion of giving and tithing, especially as we come to the end of a fiscal year, and especially after a spring of raising more money than we've ever raised in one single effort before, six and a half million dollars toward whatever it is that we determine we're going to do in just a matter of weeks, I hope, when the building committee has a recommendation for us. Coming off of that and still having to look at the ledger, at the financial statements, and conclude we're running way behind. That's a paper cut. That's a sticking your hand up in the vending machine and enjoying it. No, it's not. But it's what many people do when it comes to the life of their church. They're spectators. We, I agree. We can educate people. We can make it easy for people to give. I mean, we have this app on your phone called Push Pay. I mean, it cannot be any easier to give. We can, we can parade people in front of the church to give testimonies of what God is doing with the tithing dollars that the church gives. We can do all that. But folks, it comes down to a heart issue. Always does. It's a heart issue. And that is simply an ongoing matter of prayer and concern. And I get up many mornings and just say, oh, maybe one of these months we'll quit playing church. Hadn't happened yet. We know we're playing church when church is about me. Do you remember back a few weeks ago, 
I gave you 10 days to get ready before November 1 and asked some of you to just make a commitment that you would not gripe about church for two months. This is November the 19th. If you took me up on that, some people came up and said, you know, when do I start? And I said, well, you start the first day of November. You know, is there a sign up? No, there's no sign up. I, I don't want to, I don't want to sign up that I will not gripe. Just don't gripe, you know, just, just let it, let it happen. So we've, hopefully we've got some people that are trying their best to not take issue with their church. It's kind of like this no gripe mode. Okay, well, let me ask you, have you griped at all about your church since November 1? And if you have, I don't want you to raise your hand. I pretty much know who you are already. (laughs) If you have griped, be honest. Isn't it always about you? Isn't it always something that didn't go your way? Uh, Is it, you know, it's amazing how little bitty things, little things can cause such havoc. You know, I give announcements at the end of every service when I have to. I, I detest announcements because I get them wrong. And I ad-lib. And sometimes ad-libbing is fun and sometimes it causes pain. And a couple of weeks ago about this women's event we had, Taste of Christmas, about the t-shirt, I got mixed up in my mind. And I think I said in one of the services that the $5 you paid included the price of a t-shirt. Well, I was wrong. It didn't. But do you know how much griping I got? Here, let me give you 20 bucks. I'll pay for your T-shirt. I'm sorry. I'm not. So once again, just the itty-bitty things cause what? Cause church to be about me. Don't play church. So I say, let's, let's start it up again. This is November 19. You got six weeks left of 2017. Can you make it? Can you make it the last six weeks of the year without playing church, without turning everything inward and making it about you? You know you're playing church when... This is a tough one. When church is cliquish, you know what a click is. You, you discovered it when you were in kindergarten, I'm sure. Or as a parent, you have anxiety attacks about your children and how they're going to fit in or if they're going to be a part of a, of a good friend group or if they're going to be ostracized for whatever reason. And sad to say, in many churches, it's a matter of, the same thing, same issue. There are certain people you want to be around, other people that aren't your cup of tea. And I understand all that, except it has no place in the church. No place. No place. That's why, once again, our model, our method of ministry in our church has been will continue to be, as long as I have something to do with it, in Sunday morning Bible study. 
And Sunday morning Bible study is the perfect opportunity for people who are new to the community, who don't understand about church, to come in and to be a part of a group, to be a part of a gathering where you're studying God's Word and you're not an accountability group that pushes other people out that haven't come in soon enough. Mm. Well, I thought church was about fellowship. It is. That's why we have fellowship nights. That's why we have these gatherings where you need to, outside of Sunday morning, have your accountability group. Have the one that no one else would understand because you deepen these relationships and they're what they need to be. Do that. But make the main event on Sunday morning open to all. We're all people who come our way, regardless of what they look like or what they wear or how many children they have or don't have or what their situation is. Embrace them. Encourage them. Don't play church like you do everything else. And don't really do it in anything else. But so far, don't think it's happened. You know you're playing church when church is your punching bag. I said, if church is about you, if it's about me, that's one thing. But if every time you think of your church, you all of a sudden think of all the things we do wrong, then it becomes the proverbial punching bag. You can blame everything on the church. You can blame everything on what someone said here in the church, what someone did or did not do here in the church. And I don't know how many people out there will have nothing to do, though they understand every time they drive by on Valley Ridge here, because we have thousands of cars every day and you can't mistake who we are. Come on, folks. We got two steeples. I mean, we have, we have proudly displayed to the community, we are a church. Make no mistake. And there's nothing. I think that's fine. But how many people look at this church and every time they come by, it's a... And come back home from work. Because church, for whatever reason, has become their, their punching bag. Everything wrong in their life can somehow be traced back to... What did or did not happen in this place? I know, this is no fun. No one likes sleeping in poison ivy. No one wants to drink spoiled milk. Nobody I know of enjoys their arms stuck in a vending machine, especially when you paid a dollar and a quarter for something you should only pay 50 cents for. That's why I never use that vending machine up there. (laughs) So I will what? I will love others. Okay. Even those who are unlovely or unlovable, in my opinion. Take it away from me. And be the member 
that Paul says we all should be. I will serve others. You know, we made a big deal about serving over this, these weeks of I will. And we should make a big deal about serving because that's where you really find fulfillment. That's following in the footsteps of Jesus. So the next time, the next time you begin to go down that path of what happened to you or why the church didn't do this or do this right, or many times if it's just simply some colossal misunderstanding, don't let it just fester. Take care of it. So in love... Because you love, serve one another. I will follow Jesus. I mean, these are simple things. I will be thankful. I mean, this is the week when we all get thankful. But for many of us, it involves Thankful for what? Because of a lot of food? Thankful for whatever the case may be? Whereas we're encouraged through Scripture to live a life of thanksgiving. Even when most people would say, you shouldn't give thanks at all. You should be angry. You should want to get even. You should be mad. Okay. Enough of those awkward conversations. Let's be members. Let's be followers of Jesus. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to come to your house, to hear your word, to even have the awkward talks. Father, I ask you to forgive me for many times when I've made church about me, when I have withheld a blessing, when I have born a grudge when I had no right to do so. Father, I do thank you that we are your building. I thank you that we are your bride. I thank you that we are your body. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Here's how we wrap up. We invite. We encourage. There are decisions to be made in life that need to be made in front of other people, that need to be made within the body. Public decisions, what would they be? Well, the Bible says there are no secret believers. And if you follow through in Scripture, when people receive Jesus, they told the world. They were baptized in His name. And you need to understand why about those things, yes. But that doesn't That doesn't negate the fact that they are there and that they are commands. So, if you're here today, 
and you've yet to say, I want to follow Jesus. You may have a little misunderstanding of what that means. Let's visit about it. There'll be deacons and ministers here to pray for you, to guide you, to help you. If you need clarification on believer's baptism, let's talk about it. But that's why we have that tank of water up there. It's called a baptistry. We baptize people there. Not enough, probably, but till the kingdom of God is brought to this earth and Jesus returns, we're going to obey him and we're going to encourage people to identify with him. And that's what he's asked us to do. So let's talk about it. Join a church. How do you do that? You come forward. Is that all there is to being a church member? Of course not. A lot more involved. But it's a, it's a statement. So if joining our church is what you want to do today, come forward. And then for most of us, we're believers, we're church members. But here's the descriptive word. Are you playing church? Have you been playing church all your life? You've been playing church because of whatever happened in the past? You don't have to. You don't have to live that way. So it's a decision that you make in prayer right where you are. Could be. Is it one where you need to visit with someone? I'm here. So make your choice. That's our invitation. We stand together. We wait for you here in the front. Won't you step out as God leads right now?